Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. It is tough to find people that you can trust, and that's as true in the insurance industry as any other. But my guest today is going to help us start to figure out how to sort good from bad when it comes to finding a good business insurance agent. I'm Carl White, principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. The mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they really want, but care is just better when it's you and your provider sitting at the table figuring out what's best for you, and nobody else is secretly whispering in the provider's ear what their agenda is. Whether it's a hospital, a health system, owners in faraway lands, whoever they may be, it's better when it's just you and your provider. And my guest today is Kate Krebsbach. Kate is a vice president and business insurance advisor to healthcare practitioners throughout the U.S. at Robert Ryan's and Associates in Chicago. With Midwest roots dating back to 1927 in the insurance space, Kate represents the fourth generation in her family's insurance agency. Kate helps physicians by taking the annoying insurance stuff, and let's admit it, it's got its fair share, off of their shoulders so they can get back to their patients and their staff. And who doesn't want to get back to more of what they like doing? Kate, thanks for coming on Practice Care. Thank you for having me, Carl. I'm honored to be here. It is great to have you. And I've been looking forward to this topic for a while because it's like a very, on the more practical side of advice, um, in, in my opinion. And so let's get into it. So you chose not only insurance and private practice, those are you know private practice owners, doctors to work with. Those are a couple of very specific choices. Why? Tell us why. How'd you arrive at, at this type of specialization? Yes. Well, I have some really wonderful role models to follow. I work alongside my dad and my uncle and very organically, they have some very good friends of theirs who are in the private practice space. So I've had some lovely folks to learn from and Mm -hmm. um, gather some important business insights from. But also as I continue on my own journey in insurance, I've learned very directly from practice owners and physicians that they did not go to school to Mm -hmm. become business owners. They went to school to provide patient care, to make the world a better and healthier place. And it's very frustrating when they're figuring out the paperwork and the administrative piece and the billing frustrations at their kitchen table at nine and 10 o'clock at night. So having strong advisors who know what their challenges are, what they're going through, um, people that can speak their language has been very important. And I've been told so. So I appreciate that insight from them. And I just want to be a resource to them so they can get back to working with their patients and their staff. Yep. And feel good about the choice they make. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. Not not only do they not get any training in, in medical, dental, whichever specialty they trained at, but I've had some tell me, you know, Carl, nobody ever came out and said that money's bad, but boy, you got that feeling. And so then they go off and open up a, a, a practice, which is a business and surprise, there's all this stuff. And I'll even put insurance as, as even harder because you rarely interact with it. You know, it's not like there's any kind of sort of habit formed, any practicing, you, you interact with it once a year, it's these thick contracts. I've read my business insurance. I've tried, holy cow. You know, I just, rel- you. <laughs> well, you get about a paragraph in, you're like, Seriously, and it doesn't get easier. It's not like the introductory paragraph is unusually difficult and the rest is plain language. It never gets that to that level. So 
you know, you really have to rely on the agent. And, but before we get there, I just want to ask kind of a higher level question. What should an owner ask an insurance agent when they're thinking about switching policies? There's different types of policies. There's, God, there's so many, like you talk to like insurance is the devil's in the details, right? So Absolutely. any kind of like starter questions or higher level questions you can advise. You Absolutely. I think it's important to know just a little bit of what happens behind the scenes. So there are times where an insurance policy is in place, an owner has no qualms about it, but they just don't really know what they have. Mm-hmm. So it's important to actually know what you have and what you're paying for. You don't want to be paying a lot of money for something where you assume you have coverage for something and you realize only in the situation that you don't have coverage. That's yeah. a terrible experience that unfortunately a lot of people go through. So the number one thing is let's identify what you have. Mm-hmm. Let's just have someone who knows your industry, who the first question I would ask is, do you work with other physicians? As simple as that. Hmm. Do, you know that? My, do you know my industry? Oh, yeah. So I would ask if I were a physician in their shoes, talking to a potential uh, insurance advisor, do you work with other physicians? That's mm-hmm. the number one thing. The second thing is, do I have the right insurance? There's a lot of insurance companies out there that will write doctors and physician groups and others that just aren't, that's not their forte. That's not mm-hmm. their appetite. So knowing if you're in the right bucket is important. Mm-hmm. And then three is maybe you're in the right bucket, but you're just not getting any response from your agent. Maybe they've retired. Maybe they're kind of practicing retirement. Maybe they've sold their business. If you're in the right spot and you Mm -hmm. have the right insurance, you don't necessarily have to go to another insurance company, but you can change your insurance um, agent. So that's an important thing to know. It's called the broker of record. Mm -hmm. And it's really who's representing you to the insurance company. And I should also caveat that I'm an insurance agent on the independent side of things. So there are some insurance agents that only represent um, certain insurance companies, maybe a state farm or an all state, right. I represent a number of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some, there's some important nuances to consider, but if you're working with an independent agent and you have a travelers or a Hartford or a Chubb insurance policy, there are lots of agents that can represent you for those insurance companies. Right. So let me just clarify. So, uh, thinking about, so I'm, I'm Dr. Carl White and I I'm thinking of, I need to switch my I need to switch my my policy, either from one carrier to another, or I need to get some more. What types of things should I be thinking about when I'm switching? I'm thinking this because there's something I want to make better. Um, I think a lot of people go to, man, I seem to be paying a lot for that, which isn't necessarily, could be true, not necessarily the, the best way in, but what do you advise them when they're thinking about a policy change? So the Like most- what they should be asking and looking for. Absolutely. So- the most important thing is really what's on your books. Like what, where is the risk? If you're thinking about, I think I need to make a policy change because I don't think I have enough coverage. We can always increase your coverage for a nominal amount, but it's important to know what's on your books. Think of all the equipment that's in the doctor's office. Think of all of the furniture. If there were to be a fire, what is currently on your books and what would you have to replace? Mm-hmm. And then also, what what are we even dealing with in terms of your liability? Do you have enough coverage if someone were to slip and fall? Um, do you are your 
assets protected through insurance. Mm -hmm. So I would say that you really can rely or should be able to rely on an agent who works with physicians to help guide you, or at mm -hmm. least say, this is kind of the common practice, or this language is important to protect you. And they should be able to pull those key pieces out of the very wordy 180 page insurance contract. Yes. Of the five syllable words, Correct. <laughs> all, of them, exactly. all of them, hard exactly. to pronounce, hard to pronounce five syllable words. So let's get to it. What, what does good look like in an insurance agent? And even more importantly, how do you find it? We were talking before we started recording. It's like hiring a stranger, kind of, sort of. Yes, you might get a recommendation. It's not a complete stranger, um, but it's like hiring a stranger. It's hard to do with something really important that you hope you never use, but if you have to use it, holy cow, it's a big problem. How do you, how do you, what, what does good look like and how do you go about finding it? That is an excellent question. I think a lot of times folks are comfortable with, people that they know and like, which is how a lot of business is developed. Mm -hmm. And it's great if your neighbor or your brother-in-law or your nephew or niece mm -hmm. is in the insurance business. You have at least a, a contact to rely upon, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that they know the ins and outs of your business. Mm -hmm. So if you have your physician hat on and you are the business owner, it's really important that someone speaks your language. You probably have an accountant. You probably have um, an attorney who works specifically with folks like yourself who are mm -hmm. business owners, who are physicians. I do think the same thing is important from an insurance perspective. Okay. So when you're evaluating or at least trying to find someone, mm -hmm. let's rely on the resources you have. You're probably part of maybe a study group or a medical um, community, mm -hmm. find out who else is using an insurance agent that they've had positive responses. Mm -hmm. Find out who is getting back to them. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. in my industry, the bar can be quite low because yeah, there's what is a lot of consolidation. I had that experience once. I, it was with auto assurance, you know, whatever. And I, okay. I was like, I, how come the guy's not calling me back? I There's don't... a lot of consolidation happening. Yeah. There's a lot of folks retiring who are selling their business and they were the person to go to. They were always responsive and maybe they don't have children or a succession plan and they've sold to a larger company and maybe now they're in a service center and mm -hmm. you just don't have someone's direct line to call anymore mm -hmm. when you have a question. Mm -hmm. So I think just like anyone else, you really want to click with that person you don't want to work with someone where you're just not getting a good vibe from them mm -hmm. or you're not getting a good sense of response. So if there, if there is someone who you feel, okay, they know my business, maybe I have another referral from someone in my medical community, mm -hmm. and then also they're getting back to me, start there. You're not beholden to <laughs> it's them. So, it's funny. It's like, I don't mean this how it sounds. It's not the highest bar. <laughs> no, it's, you know? it's, it's unfortunate. And I think that there's people also have to understand that physicians during traditional business hours are most likely going to be with patients or staff. Mm -hmm. So someone who does understand that your flexibility um, and your emails might be coming in at 9 p.m. and you need to understand that conversations are probably going to happen on the weekends or in the evenings, mm -hmm. they need to understand that as well. Mm -hmm. So 
someone who is amenable to your schedule, understands your business. Again, I want to empower people to know that you're not committed to life to someone. If they're not doing a good job for you, you should feel good about finding someone else. But I think going to your medical community and helping to understand who they're working with, who they like, and who has been um, a good resource to them Mm -hmm. is a very good place to start. And not just the first person that you may find on a state farm website. Right. So let's, let's, let's keep going on that. So I've gone to my medical community. I've got a few names, um, but they're still strangers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, then the question becomes, all right, so how do I sort them out? How can I tell? So you said a couple of things. One, one is they understand my daily schedule. I'm not at my desk most days during business hours because my business is out in the patient chairs or on the exam rooms. Um, so that's one area they kind of, what are some other things that they should look for or even questions they can ask to get past the sort of pat answers and really kind of tell, you know what, this person's a cut above. Yes, I would be transparent with them and say that I'm actively looking for someone to represent me from an insurance perspective. Okay. I currently have this coverage. There is no harm in sharing your insurance policies with a potential insurance agent. Okay. They're actually going to need a decent amount of information in order to either confirm that you have the right coverage in place or to go out to the marketplace on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So it, it's important to be willing to share some information that you have in order to make their job um, as efficient and use your time as well as possible. Okay. So they're not constantly coming back and being like, well, how much are you doing in revenue? And what's the square footage of your office space? Hmm. So you want to be as thoughtful about the information that you're allowing them to look at. Mm -hmm. Also, if you, if you want to evaluate a couple of different folks, I would say, three at the most, because mm-hmm. you're basically going to be doing three times the amount of work in emails. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have someone that you know, who's been referred to you, who represents only one insurance company, maybe a state farm or an all state that I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They only have one place to go. So they're only going to be able to give you one quote. Mm-hmm. Then you can work with someone like myself or an independent agent mm-hmm. who represents a number of insurance carriers. Right they should be able to basically go to the marketplace, evaluate what's going to be best and provide you with three of their top carriers. Mm -hmm. So now you're really looking at two insurance providers or agents Mm -hmm. and you have four total options. Mm -hmm. And if they're going off of what your current insurance policy is, ask them for an apples to apples comparison. And then also ask them for their recommendation. If there's Mm -hmm. a Delta or if there's additional coverage that they would recommend so that you actually know what the potential budget looks like. Mm -hmm. So you can compare to what you currently have and then you can say, well, this is what I would recommend and this is why. And honestly, it's kind of like going out to bid um, where you have certain criteria. You want to make sure you have all of this coverage. But again, the physician is not we're not asking them to become an insurance expert, but Mm -hmm. we do want to make sure that the communication is clear, that things are being explained in layman's terms Mm -hmm. and that they feel good about what they have. Right. So I think that at the end of that process, um, 
is a good time for them to evaluate, okay, I've appreciated how this person has communicated, they've been responsive, or they've been good about explaining things to me. This is an indication of how they would work with me in the event that I do have a claim that my pipes are leaking and I can't op I can no longer operate in this environment and I right. have to go elsewhere. So let that be an indication of their communication and also asking about what their staff looks like. If it's just a, a, a single point of failure, like is it just one person? And if that person's sick or is mm -hmm. out of town, who do I call? Or is there like a team of people that I can rely upon um, that in the event something happens and my agent is out of pocket? Right. I totally, That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> am I totally like lost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there like a, a, a question that you think that maybe you've been asked where you said, well, that's a really good question or, you know, like a, something that just digs a bit deeper and, and would help the practice owner kind of sift and sort. Through their, through, 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 their the age, through the agents that they're looking at, even before the options that are presented. Because people can talk a good game, you know? And, and if you think about like insurance, it's, it's, uh, you know, here, 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 the, here, the practice owner sits ultimately having to choose something that they never interact with. They don't know much about, can barely understand when they read it, but they're the ones having to make the choice. It's the worst person to have to make a choice like that, but here we are. And so right. if it's possible to arm them with a question or two that helps them separate, you know, better from not better in terms of the people that they're going to be working with, I think that could be really valuable. Yes. I think that if I had one question to ask a potential insurance agent, I would ask about the services they offer. Okay. I would say, now let's let's make the assumption that they're returning your calls, okay? Like <laughs> as silly as that God. sounds, yep. as silly as uh, re returning your communication, we'll put it okay. that way. Mm -hmm. So let's let's assume that everyone's been communicative, they're, um, they're helpful, they've been explaining things, properly. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, all of these people that I'm evaluating seem to be on the same level mm -hmm. of competence. Okay. And I, I would feel comfortable going with any one of them based sure. on that. Yeah. If there's one additional piece of information, I think physicians are in need of additional support from an HR and compliance standpoint. Okay. okay. It's very rare uh, in my experience that a physician with one, maybe two locations has their, a whole internal HR person. It's usually someone wearing multiple hats or it's mm -hmm. the owner. Mm -hmm. Ask about additional services that would support the physician's operations that are complementary or part of the insurance agency's service. Okay. Asking about what, what do I do if I need to revise my handbook. Mm -hmm. Do you have some sample policies you can give me? Do you have any language that you can provide to me if I need to include um, cyber training in my mm. employee handbook? What about sexual harassment? Do you have- So guidance? situations that are related to possible insurance claim that can help them reduce the risk of that claim ever happening in the first place. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. And, and also a lot of times, and sometimes things that are complimentary or free are not widely used because yeah. we don't always associate value with them. Yeah. But a lot of times there's a lot of 
additional resources that come with your insurance policy. Even if it's something like having an 800 number, if there's a potential malpractice claim and you have an 800 number to call and mm -hmm. you could talk to an attorney for free without making a claim or having it, you know, yeah. um, that that's going to be a huge benefit. It's going to be a time saver and a cost saver to the physician to know where they stand. So asking about like, what, what do I get in addition to just making sure I, my, my personal assets are not seized yeah. or if there's a fire, I don't have to buy everything from scratch mm -hmm. out of pocket. What else do I get by going with you? Mm -hmm. um, and also I would ask about what can I expect from a claims perspective? Mm -hmm. If I have a claim, what is your process? Mm -hmm. Do I call it in myself? Is there an 800 number I'm going to be waiting on at nine o'clock at night? Or do I call or email your agency and you guys handle the process for me? Yeah. And a lot of times agents will be really upfront about that. But sometimes you have to ask the question. Some people are just more organized than others in communicating what you can expect. Mm -hmm. And also if you're like, no, I, I don't want, I want someone to do this all for me. I don't have time to do this. Then that's your person. If they're saying that, you know, you just call the claim in and then we help you along and we make sure that the claim is closed in a certain amount of time, but just not getting the feeling that they're really on your team, mm -hmm. then, then, you know what, politely say, Thank you for your the opportunity. I appreciate yeah. what you did, and we're going in another direction. Yeah, I like that. It's how do you help me reduce the risk of a claim? Is Absolutely. there training? Is there this? Is there that? What kind of support in between paying my monthly premium and my building is literally on fire? What else you got in there to help me along the way? I like that. Okay, Absolutely. I never thought of that. It's kind of two factor. It's like prevention and response. Yeah, We can help you prevent things as much as possible. We can be as proactive as possible, but accidents still happen. And that's why you have insurance. Mm -hmm. um, and in the event that you actually do have a claim, well, what's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. Because you, you don't really need your insurance until you need it. Yeah. And you really see someone in action. Correct. So asking, asking also for referrals. I mean, they're going to send you to like their most loyal customers, Yes, but they're also going to be able to give you some guidance on like, yeah, I actually had a claim and Kate was incredibly helpful or Kate was very responsive and she made sure that the adjuster knew how to contact me and she made sure that I had all the information I needed to make it as clean as possible. Right, right, right. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, very good information. And I say this with almost just about every guest, we could go on for a long time and dig deeper. Indeed. <laughs> but in the interest of bite-sized advice here on Practice Care, a couple of wrap-up questions I ask every guest to get us to the finish line. The first one is, is there anything you think I should have asked you in the context of what we've been talking about, but just didn't ask you? I would say that for physicians, the number one thing I can think is I want to make sure that all of their operations and revenue streams are properly insured. Mm -hmm. So think about as a, as a practice owner, let's think about all of the different ways that you make money and let's make sure that your operations are properly insured. And what I mean is 
do you own a building that the office operates in? Do you sell vitamins or supplements or other products that maybe your name is relabeled on them? Do you have other sources of revenue? Maybe you're uh, a pediatric physician and you're, you have an urgent care operation within your company. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that all of that is clearly spelled out and covered on your insurance policy prior to any claims occurring. That way there's not going to be any concern about, do I have coverage for that? Oh shoot, did I let someone know? Mm -hmm. And you can rest assured and really get back to your patients. Right. The other thing I would think about is cyber coverage is really important. Mm-hmm. And it's not always specifically fully covered in like a traditional business owner's policy. Right. There might be like what I call cyber light included, where maybe mm-hmm. there's a couple hundred thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollars of coverage in there. Let's make sure that if one of your employees clicks on a link, it ends up being a malicious link and your whole scheduling system is blocked and you can't see any of your patient's medical records. Let's make sure we have a plan for that. Yeah. And really what you're doing with any type of insurance is putting uh, an expert on retainer. Mm -hmm. If you have liability insurance or malpractice insurance, you have a team of attorneys that are specifically experts in this industry. Mm-hmm. Same with cyber. You're basically, you've basically got a cyber team of experts on retainer. Mm-hmm. And let's make sure that you're not the one trying to become an IT expert in the middle of this big swirl when yeah. when something like this happens. Or anybody um, on staff. Sometimes a lot of the a lot of the business side of a practice is sort of handed off to the practice manager or handed off to somebody else. Correct. They may be an IT whiz kid, but if not, it's no better asking them to do it than the owner to do or anybody else for that matter. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say too, just because we live in a very litigious world, it's important to make sure that you got your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Mm -hmm. It's important to make sure that your personal assets are not on the line. Mm -hmm. So that's really the buffer of insurance to make sure that you've got proper limits. An attorney can give you advice on how many limits of insurance. They usually come in layers of a million, how much Mm -hmm. insurance you need, but like, let's identify what your options are so you can make good decisions. And I think anyone who is worth their salt is going to give you options and not just tell you that this is what you should do. This is the one thing that's available. You have options. There's always levers to pull but you just need guidance because yeah. you don't always know what's happening behind the scenes or how an insurance company gets to the total premium. Right, right, right. Excellent. Thank you for that. And then the other question I ask is, if we take a step back, we've caught the attention of someone who's now wondering about their insurance policy. Are there, and I have one, um, are there one or two tangible steps you would advise listeners to take as soon as they're done listening to get going on that? And the one that you said that struck me is, Maybe, you know what, call up your current agent and say, what are their services? I mean, do you have any training that we could take advantage of that's already part of what I've paid for that would uh, help on the prevention side? Because yes, accidents happen, but some are preventable if people know what to do. That's what I would throw into the hat, but into the ring. But what what do you say? Yes, that is, I think that that's the best. It seems like such a layup, you know? It's a, it's a, it's a complimentary 
service as part of the insurance premium that you pay. Mm -hmm. And even if the agency doesn't have any specific offerings, go ahead and ask the agent to find out what the insurance company that you're with, whether it's Travelers or Chubb or Cincinnati, they are a huge, they are huge companies that have lots of offerings that they may be at page 55 of 180 in the insurance contract, truly. But you don't have to figure that out and thumb through that, you know, in your spare time. Ask, Ask for what's available and what you should be taking advantage of, or even for a small fee, if there is cyber training available through mm-hmm. your insurance company, it, it could be a hundred dollars for the year. That could be worth preventing mm-hmm. a $10,000 cyber attack from taking your company or p- at least putting it on a halt. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, Kate, thank you. Thank you again. Really useful and for very practical information, which is always helpful. Um, appreciate you taking the time to come on Practice Care. So this is Kate Krebsbach with Ryan, Roberts Ryan and Associates in Chicago, business insurance, and Kate's Kate zeroes in on private practice and doctors. A couple of points before we wrap up. Uh, and Kate, by the way, we were going to put all your info, contact info, I should have said this in the show notes, just like we do with every episode. And then a couple of points before we wrap up. First, if you're someone like Kate or me for that matter, and you, you work with private practice owners and you've got some experience or expertise that you think private practice owners would benefit from hearing about, then don't wait. We want you to come on Practice Care. In the show notes for Kate's episode and all episodes, there's a link. Just click on it. It's a very brief form. Just tell us what's on your mind so we can get you scheduled as soon as possible. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Practice Care on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.